Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, May 19th, 2023. Just showing some appreciation for how cool our intro is, especially the Grove Street at the end. It really, if you're not in the mood to do radio, all you need to hear is that to get you in the mood to do radio. The good news was I was in the mood anyways. It just always hits hard, especially on a Friday. Should be nice weather. Hope you're having a great start to your day. The weekend is upon us. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to get it started off the right way, bright and early. Nick Roush, how are we doing? Um, uh, I'm not always in the mood like you, but I'm definitely in the mood this morning. Uh, fired up, ready to rock and roll, and uh, excited for the weekend. Um, I'm curious. I need to get a weather report from Chief Meteorologist Scooter Dingus because um, – I've seen some conflicting ones. Don't know if it's going to be a nice day to get outside or not, or if there's going to be thunderstorms in the area. So I need the chief meteorologist to to keep me in the loop. Uh, I enjoyed my Thursday. Um, I burnt up a bunch of stuff in the backyard, a bunch of scrap wood and everything. So um, and got done and watched the fourth quarter of the NBA game. And it was a great, fun, entertaining fourth quarter. So solid solid thursday night we're back on track here at the roush house we're ready to roll call uh scoots uh, do you have uh our krc weather report ready oh it's gonna be phenomenal today roush chief meteorologist justin kalen here with your weather report it's gonna be a little bit cloudy but the rain will hold off till later tonight so you have all the time in the world to get outside and do wow. something i'm gonna hit the links i know my friend tj's gonna hit the links today so yeah, get outside, take advantage of that weather. If it's anything, if it's anything like yesterday, holy smokes! Yesterday was the perfect day. Sheesh. Yeah, the weather this week has been great, and people probably listen to our show. And it's like I'm so sick of hearing them talk about the weather every time to start the day. <laughs> it's casual conversation, all right. It's exchanging pleasantries. But all week this weather's been awesome, and I've been like, I need to get out and play golf. I haven't played since debatably my best round ever it's not my best score ever but taking in consideration the toughness of the course I think it was probably my best round that I've ever played most complete round so normally coming off that you think you'd be out the next day or just a couple days now it's coming up on like two or three weeks that's just life with a kid I suppose but finally gonna get back out there today 
Don't expect to nearly play as well as I did the last time, but who knows? Maybe I'll be in for a pleasant surprise. Take things slow on each swing, and and we'll we'll see where it goes. But I, I'm pumped. And Roush, interesting text message yesterday from our buddy old Scooter Dingus, the best producer in radio, a.k.a. Justin Kalen. He texts and he says, I bet you probably already have some golf plans, but if you don't, I'm not sure if you'd be interested. Maybe a little brother v. brother two-man scramble contest. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Laying down the gauntlet, which it does sound like a lot of fun. And I just want to – it's always a good time golfing with Scoots, regardless of who the other company is around us. But And we haven't gotten to golf together this season. So already had plans for today, unfortunately. But I propose next Friday, Scoot said no, unfortunately. I have things to do. Uh, Mike Rutherford is going to be on on location next Friday, so I'll have to be in studio producing for that. So I won't have time to golf next week or next Friday. We can do like Wednesday if you want. Well, if we plan it in advance, I could probably get my brother on board and we can make it happen. I think it'd be a lot of fun, Be make for some good radio content. There's a little part of me that just – Let's get your brother. See, I, I don't know if I'd want to do a two-man scramble. I, 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 Not that I don't want to do it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But I really just want to see you and my brother play against one another. <laughs> and in a scramble, it wouldn't be that in true fashion. Maybe we could do a two-on-two best ball. So everybody's playing their own best ball, but the team with the better score is what goes on the scorecard. That way, uh, we can know where you mm-hmm. two finish among each other. And then we could still have the brother be brother angle. Hold on. Or we just, you know, maybe golf twice and we can do a couple different games a couple different times. But it is pretty hard to get the crew together. So uh, just where my brain went when you texted that. I love the idea, though. I I do love the idea of getting out there twice. That sounds like a great, great time. But maybe so me and Johnny play mano a mano and then you could play my brother mano a mano because he's he's a little bit better than me. I'd say you're a little bit better than me. You all would have a competitive 18 I'd probably smoke Johnny by about 10, 15 shots, but oh. is what it is. Well, that's the thing is I'm a lot better than you. So uh, your, your brother could very well be better than me, but I just for the record, not, not a little bit better. Well, here's the thing. So when I actually played with my brother last week, he shot over 100, which he never does. So I, I beat him by eight or nine strokes that day. So it, it really, it, we kind of flip-flop. But for you to say you're way better golfer than me is just ludicrous. You're maybe, on average, four strokes better than me. <laughs> ignorant. Just ignorant. Four strokes. Unbelievable. I'll give, you, I'll give you four strokes, buddy. Yeah, right. Oh. Whew. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Man. Oh, it's good stuff. Scoots, I hate saying it. you'll you'll never beat me in a game of golf, man. I hate I hate being we, the one. To we've never played one on one. I know. And every time I, just, I try I to get you, out, and every time I try to get you out of there, you duck me. So we'll never. I'll never be able to beat you. I duck you. Yeah, right. Don't <laughs> act like this. Don't act like this hasn't been a two way street where I've thrown you some golf invites and you. I've got to run the board. I've got to hang out with Gil. I got to cut the grass. We hear it all. <laughs> Scooch, you could beat me in golf. I think it'd be an upset, though. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it'd be an upset. I, I the the thing is though, as we have to remember, is nobody here is a good golfer. So like the variation, like like I've seen TJ have uh, 
above average days, I think, for him. And I've seen him have below average days. And it's usually just, I mean, I mean, like anything, it's like, how well are you scoring it, right, on the, around the greens? And um, I did, the biggest difference, though, Scoots, is, uh, Scoots has got to add a little more power to his game. Got to get off the tee a little bit better. Um because the the old man golf it only works so much. I need I need to see the scooter swingus get back into action. Where is this coming from? I'm, I'm I hit it. I mean I'm not the longest off the tee, but I hit it off the tee. What? Yeah, but you you hit it even with TJ now, and he had like that's you should be you should be longer than him. You hit it straight. He has like and it's not as bad as it used to be, but he has that little dipsy do in his swing. That takes a bunch of strokes off it. You should be pulverizing that. Thing. Whoa, 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 Roush. First of all, TJ is like PGA style golfer with the way he talks. So please don't put down his his drive game like that. I w- I'm honored to be laying right next to TJ if I'm with him on the on the course and we're you in should, the middle what of. What I'm telling you is you should be out driving him because you How? Just hit it straight. You hit it straight. You're you've got a lot of. Uh, compact mass you should be pulverizing the ball tj has six extra inches in height over me i sure so, do that gives him more strength automatically yeah what rosh is saying is that if you're not going to get me off the tee you're probably not going to get me on the other shots i disagree i think my wedge game's better than yours well the the part of the issue is also where are you at on your sciatica oh i'm yeah. great 100 percent what if you wake up one morning, you're sore, and you just complain, and, and you're not able to go? Well, here's the thing. Are you preventing it? Are we doing sciatica prevention? No. no. So so here's the thing. I, I am not doing sciatica prevention, but there is literally not a scenario unless we go back to square one where I will wake up in the morning and be in pain because for three, four weeks, I was in the most pain I've ever been in. So if it's just like a little bitty tinge of a pain, I'll, I'd be okay. You're just jinxing yourself so hard. I'm partially too. trying to work you up, but I'm also partially sincere that, like, just, I mean, for being totally blunt with each other, I am just a better golfer than you are. So, more times than I'd not, I agree with that. I will win, and it'd be an upset if you were win. I think where you really need to start taking this, where if you want, you've got to start counting every stroke, and you got to stop fluffing your balls in the rough, and you need to start playing real golf if you want to take that next step because if we play we're not doing fluffs we're not doing we're not oh, that that was basically good i'm gonna count that one and that's i think your, your next evolution in golf is actually by playing by the rules man i don't even i don't even know how to address that i'm got, i'm just gonna say let's move on because i don't want to get even more worked up than i am i, I feel like oh scoots is worked I, up I, oh, i'm we getting get a major weekend i am we get getting a, there get for golf sure talk and, and blind <laughs> confident scoots is just ready to whip everybody's ass yeah no I, i'm definitely getting towards the side of worked up so we, we better just move on what i mean feel it's a radio show speak freely my friend yeah i mean there's there are very limited times when i'm on the golf course that i fluff my ball whether it's in the rough whether it's in the fairway very limited Mm. times that i actually do that majority of times i play it as it lies and then we've had we've had conversations where you've been like yeah with my back hurting i i fluffed i didn't want to have to swing through that stuff and it seems like that is a frequent conversation (laughs) I think you're a fluffer. I think you're a fluffer. Oh God, I can't handle it. Why does it irritate me so bad? I don't. I'll never understand it. 
I love that Scoots doesn't have any ego about anything except being like an average golfer. <laughs> that is so true. It's like anything else. He'll he'll. I mean, even like we will just drag Indiana to Bolivia, and it it's like, yeah, you know, they're not that great. They aren't what they used to. He can't even defend his beloved Hoosiers. But by God, if we say that he's a ninety-five golfer instead of an eighty-nine, it, uh, heaven forbid. It's <laughs> oh, a lot of fun. But uh, we should make it happen. But how else are we going to find out unless we get out there and play, Scoots? TJ, I don't know. I, I, I might rescind my offer now. I don't know if I could play with you. I, I wow. think I think I think I'd get too worked up. You'd be too serious about it for me. I, I'm I'm trying to play golf and have some fun. Whereas well, you're gonna you're gonna act like we're on the PGA uh, tour. Oh, so here we go, Roush. Oh. He doesn't like being called out on his little cheating way, so now he doesn't even want to play anymore. He's no, taking this golf ball and going no, on. You're just taking all the fun out of it. What? Oh, if you, if, oh if you want to actually play and you want to play a serious head-to-head, aren't we going to play by the actual rules, or should we just play by old Scooter Dingus's rules? Scooter yeah, Dingus's rules. Get on every hole. Mulligan on every hole, par threes all count as pars, just automatically don't even hit up. Well, if you see if you get a hole in one, but if not, uh, you just move on to the next one. Lose a ball, no strokes off. Yeah, and you should have you roused, but you should have found it. It should have been found. It's not our fault that ball was lost, so we're not counting that stroke. I will say that is the most frustrating thing ever when you hit seemingly a good shot that should be right there, and you're like, where'd the damn ball go? I hit it great. Where is it? It should be right here. You know, weirdly enough, that happened a few times when we were all out at Elk Run together, and I've heard Elk Run's got a little history of – just some of their rough swallowing up balls where it's like, I, I was not super far right. It either should have been on the fairway or just on the edge of the rough. I know a lot of golfers that lose balls out there. Uh, but that being said, Scoots, it doesn't give you a free pass just to to have a free stroke, you know? Whatever. I'm good. Not bad. Oh, Scoots. Uh, this, Come this, on, this, Scoots. This is fun. Come on, it. Scoots. Did you watch any PGA yesterday? Uh, No. No, I didn't, actually. I did see highlights of Tom Kim – uh, oh, basically yeah. just being muddy as all get out. So that was fun. Yeah, he went viral for that. I didn't watch as much as I would have liked. Of course, my stupid little DraftKings lineup. Last call, we, right before we got on the air yesterday, I was thinking to myself, do, man, I, I think I need to put Bryson DeChambeau in here. I, he was so cheap. PJ Championship. I thought that as well. It's so much about just like getting long drives and just being able to mm-hmm. knock the snot out of the ball. And I should have freaking done it. And also, I like putting golfers that I'm not crazy about personally in my DraftKings lineups. That way, if they do well, it's like, okay, I don't like this person, but at least I've got some skin in the game with emotional them. hedge sort of deal. exactly. I'm a big but, emotional hedger. You know that. I, and I, I was very much so like leading into this. Man, we haven't heard from Bryson in a while, and isn't this kind of his ideal? scenario and there there he goes just smacking the hell out of the ball but i i'm with you both of you where i did i did not get much uh first round action watched in other than just some of the highlights here and there Uh, yeah i think the the fog delay in the morning and then uh just i i I don't know didn't watch as much as i was anticipating watching i had it on in the office but didn't uh just didn't see as many strokes as i would have liked so they didn't finish the round. They still have some folks that have to finish the first round this morning. I don't know if they have a weather delay or not, but how about that? How about like it being highs in the low 60s in upper New York, western New York and Rochester right now? I don't do they the people in New York it's so it's like me with the mid-Atlantic New England thing. I, I don't 
I forget what they call Western New York versus Upper New York, and I don't know where Rochester falls into the fray between those things. But the weather up there looks perfect. Maybe that's where I need to move because it's like low 50s, 40s in the morning, gets high in the 60s. And some of the golfers have complained about it, which I think they'd rather have that than when the PGA was in August and it was 98 degrees during the final rounds. But I guess different different strokes for different folks, quite literally. Am I right, Scoots? That's right. Also, I saw the – did you all see Joel Dahman hit a fan? No, but didn't Bryson DeChambeau actually hit another golfer? He did hit another golfer, yeah. So I was going to bring that up as well. But, yeah, Damon um, – he ended up giving the fan, or he went up to the fan and asked him after, like, hey, how much are beers? And the fan was like, $17. So Domin pulled out a $100 bill, handed it to him, signed him a glove, and gave that to him as well. Said, I got your beers for the day. Thought that was pretty cool. Well, what if the guy was like, I was planning on drinking no fewer than 15 yeah. beers. <laughs> You're covering five, you jerk. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Good. Uh, yeah, I, I did not see that. I did not see the interaction. I uh, did not see the fan being hit. Uh, I wish he would have just been, oh, he shouldn't have been standing there. The old happy Gilmore <laughs> route. Can never never go wrong with that. But round one concludes today. Round two gets started. And their plan will be to finish both rounds, have everybody on round three ready to go for the, for the final weekend tomorrow. So there's your golf update for the day. Roush, we've actually got a ton to get to. Yeah. Holy Day was a great success. It we was. all had fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty with Cutter Bowley. We'll also, I got really loved watching the the Nuggets fourth quarter last night. I think that's going to be a great series, so we got to talk a little NBA. But we did have some breaking news this morning out of Pimlico Racecourse. First mission has been scratched. First mission was the top challenger to Mage in the Preakness Stakes, and... I don't know. I don't think it was going to be the favorite, but it was a close second choice at five to two in the morning line. Uh, first mission was trained by Brad Cox, won the Lexington uh, stakes at Keeneland rather impressively. And a lot of people thought it had room to improve. And uh, this was already a light field. Mage is the only derby starter in the race. It was only eight horses. First mission was going to be the kind of I mean, real. Uh, there, there's probably you can probably talk yourself into one or another uh, horse, maybe getting up there. I still kind of like Red Route One at ten to one to hit the board, but now it's down to seven horses. Smallest field in the Preakness Stakes since 1986, and many people are saying this will be a complete choke job if Mage doesn't win the Preakness. Well, you don't talk about my horse that way, first and foremost. Okay. Secondly, that's totally accurate. It would be an absolute choke job. If Huge Mage- choke job. But this is, I don't like the setup for Mage. Mage is the scrappy underdog horse. I don't, and it's the horse that kind of just lets the other horses do its thing. And then boom, when you blink, there Mage goes. When all the attention is going to be on Mage and probably going, you can't really get behind the pack in a seven horse race. You can theoretically, but not like a huge jumble of horses there. I I don't love the setup for Mage, but I also just think Mage is significantly a better horse than all these other horses. Yeah. So you, you should win. I, I I was getting first mission and national treasure confused. National treasure is a fraud. But yeah, huge, now, huge loser. That horse was good as a two-year-old. I don't I, I think it's best uh races are behind him. Which one's the so Bob Baffert my, horse? Sorry, Scoots, National Treasure is the Baffert horse. Oh, that's the one I was gonna bet, but now you all talk me down. I mean, it's also going to end up being like three to one. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I, my exotics for the Preakness were Mage, Coffee with Chris, Blazing Sevens, and First Mission as my trifecta and a little superfecta there. Um, I, I like Coffee with Chris in terms of great value. And in this field, that horse, I think, is pretty much just as good as any of the other ones not named Mage. Uh, and I was sitting at 20 to 1, although those odds will, will go down for sure. Yeah, I think it's just going to, Mage is going to have to take care of it. And let's fingers crossed hope that Mage can take care of it because yeah, he doesn't yeah. love a good Belmont with the Triple Crown on the line. Yeah, especially after that. Like, I wouldn't have minded, um, you know, to see first mission. But looking at the field now, it's it's not like I've been saying for months that this one horse is, is so good. You got to watch out for it now. They're getting their chance. I mean, I, when I look at the program, I mean, it's just – there's not a whole lot to like about the rest of them. Like, Blazing Sevens has the storyline where Chad Brown, I think it's twice in the last six years, has sat a horse in the Derby, ran him in the Preakness, and they've won. But I just don't think that horse is very fast. Like, there's, there's very – I know it sounds very elementary, but I don't know if there are horses fast enough to keep up with Mage. As long as Mage doesn't run into too much traffic, which – he shouldn't in a seven horse field. Uh, this feels like it's it's raced away. If if this if Mage does pull it out and has an opportunity for the triple crown, is anything taken away from it because of the size of this race? No. A triple crown's incredibly tough to win, yeah. just as is. There's a reason so few have happened. And it's not Mage's fault. Right. But, you know, it's like well, it's like having an easy tournament route to a championship. Uh, yeah, history UConn ain't apologizing. Right. History will forget about the road to the to the championship. Uh, it is pretty crazy though that it's top two challengers in back to back triple crown races scratched the day before and the day of the race. Oh, it's you just, think maybe something a little fishy? Huh, oh, is uh, Mage using mill money? Saboteur? Do we have, have we seen Mage walking around this barns with a lead pipe by chance? And then, like, he just spits it out and starts whistling whenever somebody comes by. <laughs> yeah, trainer, walk, trainer walks by. Oh, look at that pretty mage. Just uh, just a, uh, no way that horse would ever be up to no good. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful creature. And then they walk by again, picks up the pipe. Uh, and he just I, kicking the other horse. <laughs> <laughs> it is strange. What, what's the, what's, if you win the Preakness, what, what's the money? Because I, I, uh, I just like, do they need to do they need to pony up on the? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Do you know what it uh, is though? How much? One money point one and a half million purse between is like the whole purse, so it's probably like eight hundred thousand, eight hundred fifty thousand for the winner, something like that. When do we just do something with the Preakness? Um, I'm a traditional it, guy, you know that, Roush. Like right, I, I right. don't want to. I, I really don't want to switch things around, but. At some point, just like you are, the Preakness stinks. I get excited about significantly more horse races than the Preakness. Yeah, so the Derby is double the purse, but the Belmont's also one point five million. Um, winners oh, get eight hundred thousand of that. But I, um, th- so there was initially some plans to just renovate the Pimlico, but I think they got turned down or shut. They got disapproved it's just tough because the you know trainers now like to give them more rest between races unless you're like d wayne lucas or one of these old guys they typically like to give a horse 
three and a half weeks at least uh, between races. So the Derby and Belmont ends up being like the the two best of those three. I I do think that the Preakness has done the right thing in the intermediary by just embracing the party aspect of it. And like, you're just going to have the best time of your life here. But I, as far as like making the fields better, like I, I really don't know what you do except for make these races worth a lot more money. And it gets back. So the guy that owns Forte, he's kind of a loud mouth that I'm sure some people find him obnoxious, Mike Rapoli. But he's one of these New York guys who like genuinely cares about promoting the sport. And when Flightline won the Breeders' Cup Classic and just kicked everyone's ass, and you're like, this is the best, most amazing horse I've ever seen. That was when we had that discussion about the math not working out, where it they make so much more money as breeders than they do by racing that like the math for these owners doesn't make sense to race them past so long. They need to make the math make more sense uh, in these races. And maybe it's by, uh, by, by actually having one centralized body to govern the sport. We talked about it here and uh, little did I know that John Clay wrote about it, but Congress actually uh, established something called HESA. The horse, uh, it's got some acronym, but it's basically a, a centralized national horse racing body that's going to be in charge of like handing out punishments. Uh, I, I believe it's supposed to be in charge of handing out punishments and dealing with the drugs and all this sort of stuff. Um, but like, if it get, if it gets some teeth, like that, that's I think the the solution to all the problem is getting some enforcement teeth and then actually being in charge of. Uh, making these purses really hefty because like the Derby should be a $10 million race. The other triple crown races should be $5 million. Like they, they should be these huge, huge price tags to keep, to incentivize people to race their horses in them for, for just the lack of a better term. You said John Clay had that article. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he had it right after we found out about Forte's failed drug test because under the new model, you would just find out immediately if somebody failed a drug test and they would adjudicate it within two weeks instead of, uh, what was it, eight months or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, good. That that sounds like steps in the right direction, things that we've discussed here on the radio show. So, so just uniformity make it would be good. Yeah. Just but um, to get back to the race briefly, uh, first off, fun fact, the Black-Eyed Susan Garland they put on the horses aren't Black-Eyed Susans. Frogs. Um, they, uh, because they don't bloom until later on in the summer. I used to have some at my old house and they're really nice, easy flowers to grow, but so they use a different kind of hybrid flower. So I like that fun fact. And I also, I mentioned it earlier, but, uh, red route one ran uh second, I think three times coming from the back at big prices and then had a terrible Arkansas Derby. Didn't get enough points to be in the Kentucky Derby, and then went out and won at Oakland. I think it was Oakland Park last race out. looked looked impressive. So, if I just hope that National Treasure will set a really hot pace to give uh, Mage and Red Route One a chance to like close hard at the end, because I I just I, I don't know if there's enough early speed. There was a lot of early speed in the Derby because it's just twenty horses and. They got it. They, they got to get ahead, right? Uh, to kind of find a little bit of breathing room in that field. But most of, like, all of these derby preps were ran really slow. 
So it doesn't set up well for a closer. Uh, and I, I haven't gazed thoroughly at the program, but I, when I look back at it again, whoever is that kind of early front runner uh, in this field, like there's a chance that the speed might just hold and could pull off a big upset. So I don't know if that's coffee with Chris or master the chaos or whatever long shot it is, but there's going to be some long shot that it, it takes the lead early. And there's a good chance that that horse ends up hitting the board here in a smaller field. Master of the chaos. Is that what you said? I think, I think that's the name of it. That's the horse I'm betting. If that's really the horse's name in a seven horse field, what has been a chaotic derby or triple crown season. Yeah. Give me master of chaos. If it's you give me chase, yeah. chase the chaos. Yeah, chase it, the chaos. Even better. When it comes to horse racing, chase. Oh, yeah. Chase the chaos. I'm in. <laughs> Scoot, you haven't spent that $500 you won from Trevor yet, have you? Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, fi- I figured out what you could do with it. Oh, well, it's a little late now, pal. But what, what do you got around? Do you have $166.66 laying around somewhere by chance? I think I could probably round that up. Yeah, what's up? Okay. You give that to me. Don't ask any further questions. <laughs> Same with you, Roush. I'm going to need $166.66. And, fellas, we will be part owners in a racehorse. How does that sound, guys? How does that sound? Oh, is it a good racehorse? Um, is that the Churchill Downs uh, Foley connection? Deal? Yeah, Roush, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing. And I know it's probably just, like, fraudulent, but here's what Churchill Downs is doing, the Foley Club, uh, the two do- the the well, the Churchill Downs Racing Club. They are trying to get 200 members to invest $500 for $100,000, if you do the math there, and you will be a part owner of a racehorse. And mm-hmm. 50000 will go to buying a two-year-old, an unraced two-year-old, which is the way to go about it to like get a deal. Um, yeah, that, that, and then no, that's, that's your best chance at like striking it, like rolling the dice and getting a big winner, getting a claimer. You, you might just get a bad horse. And then you will, the rest of the money will go to just stable and horse fees. Obviously it'll be trained by Greg Foley. Yep. And you are Local just guy. basically an owner. Now, they do say it's nonprofit. There should be no expectation that you're going to get your money back, even part of your money back. But there is the possibility that you could get your money back and even more money. And they put some disclaimers in there. I read all the fine print. Basically, if it does hit it big or there is money to be had, the trainers, the trainer will get to ultimately decide what to, to do with that money. Uh, whether to give it back, whether to invest it. So basically, you're signing away all your rights at having a say, but you can be an owner. You get access to the paddock area. You'll get a few free general mission days as well. I don't think that includes Oaks and Derby, unfortunately. But right, right. I think that's kind of cool. It's probably a ripoff, I'm sure. But I think it'd be fun just to well, for the thrill for like you know two years a year, three years, however long it'd go on. Like, Hey, I've, I've got a stake in that horse. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a good excuse to, uh, you know, to have a couple dates of the track. Cause that horse will be based out of Churchill Downs. I actually had a, a friend's uh, parent get in on one of those horses. And um, at least the day we were there, I think, I think the horse ran on a Thursday night 
when we were at the track and it won. And so like we were acting like we won the race and we're getting all of that money. So like it's an absolute blast. I don't know if if uh if our mom ended up getting any kickback from it at all, but it was still just I mean, we all won that night, right? Like we were all riding on that horse. We were all betting that. So a lot of fun. A lot of fun if you want to get into the action. Um, which I heard uh heard there was a good crowd. Um Thursday night last night. I was busy and stuff but um have heard the great the the new thursday night setup is freaking awesome like nice and shady plenty of room for the kids to run around stuff like that so wow um, didn't one texter on the thornton's text line say that it was a trash setup last week i think they were just mad because the lines were longer they didn't get to see the horses in the paddock oh yeah 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 but like as far as like bringing your kids which i'm you know for me that's my like number one like can i take kids and then be happy uh, it's a lot shadier than just where the paddock, where they had it last year, the sun beaming down on you. No, I think we're trying to go out next Thursday. So if uh, you, you can agree to it and then bail maybe on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot easier to not bail on, you know, when it doesn't include two and a half hours of driving. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm messing with you, but I think we're going to try to make it. The weather, at least for now, looks pretty solid, although that can obviously change. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll be racing tonight starting at what, 6 p.m.? uh fridays i think it's just during the day oh I... yeah uh fiza is the big uh the big favorite in the blackout susan so that, that that's their oaks for lack of a better term is today at pimlico uh and the baffert horse at seven to five is uh quite the badass so maybe maybe a little daily double with fiza and mage might be a nice little ten dollar bet that could win you a, some decent money could Tomorrow night be night racing because I definitely was looking at the race. I was looking at just a couple races and the first post. I could have been on the wrong day. Sadly, I've done that before. Uh, but they have night racing either tonight or tomorrow. They do have it tonight. What? Downs after dark on a Friday night? Apology accepted. Yeah. And what? That, that, I'm shocked. Roush is like, <laughs> honey, cancel our plans. We'll be at Churchill Downs. Oh, damn it. I agreed to do something, too. Oh, that sucks. Got to look at the schedule. All right. We're going to take our first break. Long overdue for it. We got to talk Cutter Bowley guacamole. We've got to talk about his commitment. He announced the news that we talked about yesterday as well. We'll tell you what that was. And then basketball galore also. Because Oscar Shibway finished up his time at the NBA Combine. We'll discuss that. A lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. Do not go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Roll Justin Kalen. We'll be back after this. Go. Black is back all in. We're going to win. Check it out. Yeah, yo, come on. Here we go again. Bring the noise. Welcome. To Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. People forget Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> bullfrog? Let's go. Yeah, he was a good friend of mine. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. I never understood a single word he said, but I helped him a drink his wine. Oh, we miss him, Jacob. 
doing always provided us some laughs. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen on your Friday morning. Get it started the right way by popping into Thornton's today. They have locations all over Louisville. 89 cents, 32-ounce drinks, and they're doing a new promotion where Refresher Rewards members, I think for the next couple weeks at least, 5% off. 5% off, wouldn't that be nice? 5 cents off per gallon. Sometimes it's 3 cents. They're saying, hey, we're going to up the ante for the Refresher Rewards members. And the coolest thing, they're going to be doing some like flash gas sales. So if you got the app, and you've got the alerts on your app, it may say, hey, for you, today, 20 cents off gas. Pop on in. Pretty sweet, which Mm -hmm. is pretty sweet when you have gas companies coming to you. It's like the Always Sunny episode where they bring the gas to the people's front doors, except this is much less dangerous. This is just Thornton saying, hey, we're giving you a discount. You come to us. So pretty cool. Thornton's, and uh, they're always doing something sweet. Great food. To get your day started right, or if lunch, if you're on in a rush and just need a quick, nice little, I've gotten their pizza. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty they got a lot of great stuff good. at Thornton's. Check them out today. Do it. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Text on in, we'll read it. We've got a lot of text to get to. Barouse, just uh, no surprise with Cutter Bowley picking UK. He did announce he will be reclassifying. Yep. That really just going back to his original class. I think some Correct. people get a little confused by all that stuff. But just your takeaways from yesterday, any quotes that he said that stood out. We were getting into it with Lachlan McClay. And the, uh, we, we really I mean, do like Lachlan. But holy smokes, he's just a bad take machine. Gosh, he really is. And like, oh, it's such a big deal for Kentucky football that they were able to recruit a lifelong fan. It's like... That's like a nice bonus, but like that's just like a. Who cares? Who cares if he grew I mean, up? It's, it's, if if anything, in Memorial Hall, he, like you still you, you still landed him. He's still an amazing quarterback that's going to come to your program. And I, I I just found it interesting. It's like yeah, the two best quarterbacks in before Lamar Jackson, the best quarterbacks in Louisville football history, grew up Louisville fans, and like like that's how a lot of this stuff works. I think Gerald Lorenzen would have came to Kentucky if um, if he wasn't from Kentucky and how Mummy wasn't the coach. No, but like that played a part in it. He uh, he actually almost went to Miami. He was going to go to the U back when they were the U until Hal Mummy told him, "No, we're gonna you're gonna throw it 55 times a game." And it's it's actually very similar to um, Cutter Bowley, where he might have gone to Tennessee. Uh, I, I think he made it pretty clear that. They were a top choice until Liam Cohen came back. So, like, watch this whole argument was really silly. It was some sort of odd defense mechanism. And I I just – Here's what it is. People just want – it's it's a Will Levis effect, and I think it it, it can easily go hand-in-hand with U.K. football. People just want to not get with the times and admit that U.K. football is – Big boy football now. Like, it's not a laughing stock anymore. It's not the bottom of the barrel in the SEC anymore. And, yes, they lost to Vanderbilt last year. That wasn't good. Even with the loss to Vanderbilt, it was still a season that a decade prior, UK fans would have crawled to the edge of the earth to be able to have. And Mm -hmm. it was considered like a down year, all things considered, or just a a bit of an underachieving season. Of course, 
people will gloss over the fact that its star quarterback was injured or banged up for the majority of the season, or a good chunk of it at least, once the middle part and the back half came. Uh, and then they'll also exclude that it was another doubling up of their biggest rival, um, Louisville. But there's mm-hmm. Locke just refused. He he will. It's like you know, and even when he always said Tiger Woods is never going to win another major. He's never going to win another major. It's not going to happen. All you all are just dreaming. He won't even be competitive. Well, then he won the Masters, and Locke, you'd put your you think you'd put your hand up and be like, you know what, I was wrong. No, well, he's never going to win another one. They, I hope you all enjoyed that one because it's never going to happen again. Same with UK football. They get a ten win season. Fluky season, never going to happen again. Just a few years later, ten win season. Uh, it's, the schedule was easy. You got a you got a bad Florida and LSU team on your schedule. He just refuses to admit that he was wrong about Mark Stoops building a winner at Kentucky. So he's always going to deflect that it's actually not a winner. He was right all along. But just don't look at the facts. Don't look at the evidence. Just ignore that stuff and just trust old Locke here. And there's a similar effect with Will Levis and his draft night. People yes, didn't like it's, it's, people it's very want silly. Be, there's like yeah, like they, UK football's devastated because he was he was the biggest loser on draft night. And you are, already it, moved on. Like there's oh, like there was memes. like there was no impact. I mean, there was no impact. The the correct answer with that whole draft thing, and there's a text about it on the Thornton's text line. Uh, I would I would probably be a opportunistic time to read it. But here, here's the text. I think there's some zero. I think there's some confusion on Levis dropping to the second round being bad for UK football. It will likely have zero impact, but it would have been better if he went top ten. In that sense, it's bad. Also, no one was calling for Stoops' head like Matt Sack suggested. Yeah, that was a little hyperbolic by Matt Sack, but his overall sentiment was correct. And people just wanted like UK football haters, and there's even a couple of UK football fans that were like, "This is this is horrible look for the program." No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was maybe an embarrassing TV moment for Will Levis personally, but the fact UK football gets talked about in any sort of light on draft night is a good thing. I agree with the texter that it was a missed opportunity where if he's a top 10 pick, Roush, you you said this the day after, you're going to miss your opportunity to like put it on the wall and make all the graphics and have this or that. So you did miss out on that, but what has been – name one negative aftershock from Will Levis's draft fall – with UK football. There hasn't been one. They're recruiting yeah. the quarterback position better than they ever have. Ever. ever. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and, like and they've gotten great quarterbacks, obviously. It's undisputed, now. though. That I mean, like, you can maybe say, well, they got Patrick Tolles and Drew Barker in a short order, but it's that – I mean, it's still not the same as getting – like, we're in different times, but getting uh, Will Levis from the portal, getting Devin Leary from the portal, and then getting Cutter Bowley – is uh, a run that we're not we're not used to, and uh, the difference is is that like Will Levis, I, you know, maybe you, you somewhat lucked into that. I, I don't remember really who was all who was recruiting him when Kentucky got him. Do you remember that just was, seemed it, to happen very quickly? Yeah, um, I, there might have been some schmampering going on because I don't think anybody like it was just like he entered the portal and two weeks later he was here. Same. So it's kind of tough to like gauge who you were competing against there, right, and he right. was the backup that had lost the job at at Penn State, to another quarterback that, by the way, is going to be playing in the NFL. Does he make it in the NFL? We'll see, but he'll be playing in the NFL. And then you go to the ACC and take one of their best quarterbacks to come play football at UK. If UK is this basement program and not a winner, like Lachlan would seem to suggest, 
how are you taking, how are you plucking one of the best QBs from the ACC? I'd love to, I'd love to hear that rationale. Well, it was a nil deal. Sure. But do you think he would come to a nil deal to play for a terrible team? Don't you think he was probably getting pretty decent money at NC state? So it was a, a rough go on social media for Locke, but it generally is. We still love them all the same. Mm-hmm. And I, um, we, we kind of hijacked your cutter bully analysis. So yeah, I apologize well, and, and, and default back to that. It's fine because the thing is, is like we also can't get too far ahead of ourselves with cutter bully um, is high up as he is in the rankings, even with the reclass of 2024, He's still the number six quarterback in the class and a top 75 prospect. I think an on three had him at number 60 overall, which would make him, uh, I mean, he's the highest, he's, he's the best high school quarterback prospect since Brian Brown in this state. Um, I mean, he's, he's that kind of a talent. However, there takes some developing, you know, um, if you'll think, if you'll remember, uh, Brian like shared, quarterbacking duties with Stefan LaForest for that year. You know, if you look at Cutter, he's a skinny kid. He needs to fill in quite a bit, uh, but he's got a really big arm. He operates like a professional. And he it feels like he's a little bit ahead of the curve, not only because, um, you know, L- LCA is at one of the better football programs in the state. is And, you know, they'll, they'll play the best small school programs um, or without hesitation. Um, but also he, he plays seven on seven for NPA, which is like, uh, I mean, they just pump out D one prospects. Boo Carter is one of his teammates. He's a top 300 receiver slash DB. Um, that the seven on seven stuff, it's newer and I, I'm still adjusting like how much I want to put my, my weight into how good they are in, in that aspect. But like he's tearing it up in, on, on that side of things, and he's also being coached by one of Cohen's former players. So he, he's got a lot kind of going for him as to why he's been this good so far. Um, will he be able to play right away in 2024 next fall? I don't know. I'd rather them, and I think what will end up being the case, they'll probably try to get another transfer to, to let Cutter, um, to not put it all on his plate at once. Uh, but there's certainly, I mean, he's still going to have an opportunity to compete for that position. But um, the the biggest thing here, though, is just the overall upside, TJ. Like, if all of this goes well, I mean, he has the build, the ability, the mobility as well to be a first-round quarterback. Like, he's got all of the stuff that you want to see. And if if he if if it hits, man, if it hits, there's there's a ton of reasons to believe that he could be one of the best to ever play here. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I think you will definitively need to have Devin Leary get somebody else. Cutter Bowley hopefully will be a little bit, a couple few or maybe even a few years down the road. But I hope you're right. And my question is, if in five years – we're doing roll call. That will take us to 10 years of doing roll call, which is just, that would be, that would be wild. Um, if that, if that were to come to fruition, but let's say it's 2028, 20, we're looking back at cutter bully at UK. If it goes the way of a Patrick tolls or a drew Barker, why do you think that'd be specifically to his game? 
not maybe you know injuries not injury or whatever yeah exactly yeah because i think that that is legit if he ends up being one of those players that just you know there was promise maybe even saw a couple nice things when he was actually under center but it just never amounted to what we were hoped it would amount to what from his game do you think would be that his long ball he's not as accurate uh i i think it would be uh getting in trouble with intermediate routes because I, I do think he's gotcha. really t- good at throwing the, the deep ball uh, and putting touch on passes underneath. But maybe some of the, like, I you know, he tries to play hero ball and fit in stuff across the middle that's not there. And he, he hasn't shown that, like, he's not Will Levis just driving the ball uh, down the field just yet. I think a lot of that has to come with strength, but it would be he stays skinny is uh, unable to do those intermediate passes and then just gets a little too turnover happy. Um, and then the, the, just the pressure, right? Like that being the kid from down the street, who's this highly talented recruit, there's a ton of pressure that comes with that. Um, so I, I would think that it would be a combination of things where it's like, he doesn't get stronger. Uh, maybe there's an injury. There's a lot of pressure and it just kind of all adds up and builds and then kind of creates a mess. But the good thing is, is that, Unlike Drew Barker, who, I mean, we'll draw to that that comparison quite a bit just because that was the last big-time high school recruit Kentucky got. But he, Bowie's walking into a much better situation as far as talent around him. Bingo, um, yes. And and that that's really the, the biggest difference maker. I don't know if Cohen's going to actually be calling plays when Cutter Bowie is taking first-team reps under center, but it's it's it matters that Cohen at least got it done during this time, right? Like you were, you're, you're cashing in while Cohen's here with a big time high school recruit to sort of change that narrative and and get the ball rolling where you can fish in those bigger waters. I love it. I love it. And that was the answer I was looking for. And well said with the talent level that he's going to be coming into, but with that also the expectations will be a little bit better in terms of winning where I think people were willing to give tolls a little bit more time and, uh, that that led into Barker. Barker came into a bit of a better situation than Tolls did, but I think injuries just totally sidetracked him, and maybe he never even had it to begin with. But he'll always have that first half against Southern Miss, as we so often say here on Kentucky uh, Roll Call. Just like that, you blink your eyes. Hour one is done. Wow. We've got another just one. Like that. We've got a lot of texts to get to, but we'll come back. We'll talk about Oscar Shibway. Folks, I think he is G-O-N-E gone. I don't think we're going to see him ever again in a U.K. jersey. I'll tell you why. This is KRC on the Big X. We'll be right back. Okay. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. It's hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, okay. FM, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. 
Make sure you have your Shady Ray sunglasses when you head out for this weekend. You will be stylish, and you aren't paying the big designer price tag, although they look like the big designer brand. Polarized sunglasses for every occasion. They have the replacement pair promise. If you lose them, break them, stolen, or you just want your pair, you like them so much again, or you can get a pair for yourself and then do the replacement pair for a friend of yours, small processing fee. Basically, they've got a, a forever two-for-one deal. Again, small processing fee, but it's basically a two-for-one deal on all their sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. And do not forget the promo code BIGX at checkout. Let's say you get your sunglasses, they don't fit your face, you don't like them, you thought they were going to look a little different, find it hard to believe. I'm sure you look amazing in them, but they do do a 30-day money-back guarantee where you send them back, you get your full refund, you're not out a single penny in that instance. There's a reason they have 250,000 five-star reviews. There's a reason they started as a small little company in Kentucky, and then now they're global, baby. It's because they do good work, and they make their customers happy. Shady Rays, do not forget the promo code BIGX at checkout. Roush, I think Oscar Sheboy's checked out. Checked out for good. I think Roush has checked out. Did the thing where I did the thing where I forgot <laughs> to hit the unmute button. Did you? Uh, what makes you think the haze in the barn? I don't. I, I nothing to do with his performances. People that are freaking out at performances just need to like get a grip on reality. He he did he did well. I don't. He certainly didn't hurt his stock necessarily. It has nothing to do with how he played. If you didn't expect Oscar Shibway to play in a game of basketball and do really well on the glass. I don't know what you've been watching the last couple of years. That being said, it's more his quotes. Ben Roberts was up in Chicago talking with him. And I think if you know how to semi-read people, you can kind of read between the lines. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is dead set on going to the NBA draft. But I think something would have to change for him to come back to UK. I did love his quote that said, hey, I, I wouldn't transfer anywhere else. If I play college basketball, it'll be at Kentucky. But it just reading the quotes, it seems like a guy that is just set on going to the, to the draft, that's set on taking the chance to see what's, what's out there. He sounds incredibly hungry to make it in the NBA. And... This time last year, we were hearing him be incredibly hungry about winning a national championship at UK. I just see that I I read that determination from his quotes that he's he's set on going. I wish I had more like inside information, but I, I think that's all the inside information I need is I don't think Oscar's very good at lying or hiding stuff or keeping things close to the best. I think you can kind of read what he's what he's trying to say. I think he's gone. And I, I wonder what Kentucky's going to do in that situation. Cause I, I, I don't think, I think he's just ready to go play professional basketball. I said that I wasn't going to read too much into quotes, so I will not, but the feeling you, you get from them is does kind of echo the sentiment that Kyle Tucker shared a week ago, where he's really kind of just going all in on trying to prove that he can do it in the NBA level. I think some of that TJ is, is, you know, he's graduating or he, he graduated, he's older. Like there's probably a sense of like, okay, you know, feels like it's time. Um, but I, 
I hope that's not the case. Still hope that's not the case. I'm not, uh, I'm still not certain on what that means for UK next because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of bigs out there. The the one guy, Zuby, who said he was from Kansas, who said he was going to visit if, depending on Oscar Sheboy's decision, he ended up going to St. John's. Did you see the picture he took with Rick Patino? Like, I did, yes. He looked six foot three. Who, Patino? No, the zoo. I oh. mean, he's he's standing next to Patino and only looks a couple inches taller. Like, how is that guy supposed to be a center? Patino's a small guy. I was, I was more focused on Patino just being decked out of Nike. He has to just be over the moon now. He doesn't have to deal with Adidas' shenanigans anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I wonder if it was like St. John, like he was only going to go to a Nike school next, you know? Um, I wonder if that was the case, but uh, did the uh, did the Uday? Did he the other Kansas guy? Did he find a school? He's visiting Duke. Everybody's pretty sure he's going to go to Duke. Okay. Duke's going to have a really nice team. What, they're going uh, to be real nice, Clark, and nobody likes to say that. No, no, they don't. I saw Jeremy. And UK's Rose probably going to have to go play Cameron too next year. UK schedule, UK schedule is ridiculous next year. All the schedule whiners, they better not even say a peep about the schedule. If anything, we should be complaining that it's too difficult because we have, we do have a sample size of Calipari having teams reliant on freshmen that have struggled Ooh. out of the oh, gate. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't expect anything different from this group. I think Kentucky, I think UK fans are going to be like losing their minds come December. And I would caution that oh, we can talk about this once we get closer to the season. I'd caution that because Sometimes folks can just be so annoying that it actually could potentially impact a locker room. I, I would, people are going to need to be patient with this group because I think they're going to pick up some early season losses. And I, and even with that being said, I think they could be amazing come March. But there's going to be a rocky road with this group, and I hope the fan base will be able to recognize it. I will almost guarantee you that they will not be able to, and in part that's just because the last few years have not been what we've expected or what we've wanted. But it's gonna. This group's gonna take their lumps because they're freshmen, and again, John Calipari freshman-led teams have a bit of a history of that. Maybe 2010, 2009, the lone exception, but that you had Patrick Patterson who was experienced as a starter there, uh, and you had some other players that it was freshman-heavy. That may be one, the one of the few exceptions. The you may, um, say, you may say 2011 or 2012, but you had. Darius Miller was such a big part of that team. Deron Lamb, Terrence Jones being sophomores. It, it, the national championship team wasn't as freshman heavy as people think. And then you had the first 40 and 0 team with the Harrisons their freshman year. They, they were at times on the outside looking into the tournament before they made their national championship run. So, well, and I mean, even more recently, um, the BAM team, BAM Fox Monk, like they were supplemented by older players. Briscoe was a sophomore. You had Willis and Hawkins contributing. Um, but I mean, they don't get me wrong. They won their big games, but they they did kind of they showed some vulnerabilities um, certainly throughout the early portions of the season. It took Bam quite a while to become Bam. Um, so, uh, but really, that was the last super freshman uh, heavy freshman laden team. Uh, where, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. But if you just win a couple of those big games, people don't really care if you struggle much elsewhere. But a lot of it, it does come down to just winning one or two of those really big ones because Kentucky hasn't. I think um, 
the combined record in the CBS Sports Classic and the Champions Classic. I had it pulled. I think it's like two and six over the last four years in both of those, which is just that's unacceptable. Like we're <laughs> you can't have these big marquee games and just fall flat time and time again. So, uh, but we kind of got away from it a little bit there, TJ. I can, can I reel it back in and ask you about the the shooter that Kentucky reached out to? Oh yeah, fans! Before they could even get mad about UK reaching out to a JUCO player, he committed elsewhere. So now they're double mad. First, they were mad that UK would even have the audacity to look at a JUCO player, but now they're double mad because they didn't get the player that they thought would never even be good enough to play at UK. First and foremost, folks, John Calipari, even at the peak of his career, has looked at JUCO players. There, you've got Darnell Dotson. Obviously, he didn't necessarily work out. Michael Mulder, who did have a, a solid career, and they've they've checked out other JUCO guys. So the fact that they were looking at a JUCO guy, don't let that cloud your judgment. Now the thing is, he's going to Auburn, so it doesn't even matter anyways. But right, I saw right. that initial reaction roush of people like, "Oh my gosh, we're really sh- we're struggling if we've got to go the JUCO route." This guy would have been like the ninth or tenth guy. It would have been a perfect addition for somebody that would get minimal minutes and maybe if something went the right way you'd be excited about him the following year we've already talked about how you're just going to have a mass exodus after this season even more so than normal with UK basketball but you need some players that may return that will be around for a little bit this would have been a guy that would have done this but Auburn once UK showed interest Auburn put the squeeze on him and he committed to Auburn uh, enough so that I didn't really even learn his full name Chad Baker Mazzara the thing was is uh it's funny. I didn't actually see the commitment that happened at like 1130 last night. Um, but you, you thought maybe Kentucky reaching out would shake things up a little bit. Uh, but he had just come off a visit to Auburn, probably committed to Bruce Pearl there and was just waiting to get all the stuff together. Uh, he'd also previously visited A&M. The thing was, is I love that like the easy well hanging fruit was just Juco. Uh, it was, it was, it was a very, it was very funny TJ watching fans do this dance because you had people make their Juco jokes, and then they looked and saw that he was six foot seven and shot like 48% from three, and they were like, oh, he's a shooter. You got to get him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when you call him a Juco player, too, I mean, he was at San Diego State two years ago and just kind of flunked out. And so, yeah, I think he was sixth man of the year in the Mountain West. and Yeah. Like, it, he, it, he wasn't it, your mom and pop's <laughs> Juco. Like, he literally just didn't go to – it sounds like he just quit going to class in San Diego, which I can't blame him. The only criticism here, and again, this isn't gonna that wasn't gonna be somebody that was gonna come in and take Antonio Reeves' role or anything like that. No. This was going to be just to make sure you have enough players to practice. If some players go down, maybe you put them in for a stretch here or there. You just you need some bodies. And this would have been, I think, a solid body to have in the role that he would have been given. I think everybody just expects any player UK to bring in to be somebody that can go out and get a double-double or contribute right away. You need some role players that are deeper down the bench that just round out the roster. This would have been a good addition. If anybody's looking for a criticism with this whole thing, it'd be, well, why did you get in so late on them? What, 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 what made Auburn and some of these other schools get in earlier than you all did? That would be the only criticism you'd have. But people just will always find something to try to complain about with UK basketball. It's been easier. You haven't had to be as nitpicky to find those complaints. But this one... I don't think is anything to really get worked up about. Kentucky started to kick the tires around. They didn't even offer 
And then once yeah. Auburn heard, I bet Auburn said, listen, if you don't commit to us right now, we're going to move on. We got a spot for you. Maybe Kentucky wants you. Maybe they don't want you. Are you really going to roll the dice with that? Otherwise, you can commit to us. We've got you a nil promise, this or that. We got a good setup here. Either take it or leave it because we're not going any further than this. And I well, bet he it, said, all right, well, then I'll take it. I, I also think that we never would have known about this if it wasn't Kentucky. Like, I don't think people are tweeting out that they got phone calls from Texas A&M or Tennessee, right? Like, I, I have a feeling whether it was Chin or Antigua, somebody just gave him a call to see um, – to see if it was if it was a done deal at Auburn or not, to see if there was a chance, just to and, see where he was at in the yeah, process. And, and this happens. I mean, it happens all the time. So, like, you know, people kind of freaking out over. It. I mean, Cutter Bowie's coach said that a big time coach from the West Coast called Wednesday night to see if there was a chance that he could, you know, make a move or not. Uh, so it sounds like Lincoln Riley really wanted uh, Cutter Bowie to be his next Heisman Trophy winner. Wow! Now he'll just have to win. Three Heisman trophies at UK instead. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to get back to this, and then we'll move on to the Thornton's text line. Uh, you probably heard me rant about Oscar Sheboy's quotes. I think he's going to the draft. I'll just read a couple of them. When yeah. asked if he was considering coming back to UK, that's from Ben Roberts. Right now, it's still a possibility. I just want to continue and see. I'm praying on everything. I'm praying an NBA team can get me. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Focus, all right, what about, hey, your nil situation? If you come back to UK, that seems pretty good. The nil's good. It helped a lot take care of our families. I'm really appreciative of that. But I'm not focusing on nil. I'm just going to stay strong and focus what I'm doing right now, training for NBA teams. But this is my dream. My dream's to play in the NBA. Like, you just can't read those quotes from somebody that's as, I think, open and honest as Oscar usually is and not just get get to grips that he is dead set on making it in the NBA or at least taking the plunge into the NBA. Chris Livingston told Ben Roberts that like, I'm not going to wait till the deadline. I, I, I Once I know, I'll know and I'll, I'll release it. Oscar Shibley did not make that guarantee. And I think the reason why he's more probably going to come down to, he's willing to come down to the deadline because I think he just wants a promise. I think he just, any team that will make him that promise, even if it's at the 11th hour on the last day that you can withdraw, Hamadou Diallo style, if a team makes a promise for him, I think he's just going to say, yeah, that's all, that's all I needed. I just needed one team. And that's the truth with this stuff. You do just need one team to say that they like you. And if you're ready for that next step, boom, you've got that promise. You're ready to rock and roll. And I think that's why he's willing to wait so long is because he'll wait however long it takes within the parameters to get that promise. I think he's gone. I, that's that's my prediction. I think he's gone. Uh, I'm still, um, you know, the, the, that's how you say the right things at the NBA Combine. You're all vested in the NBA Combine. Um, however, Oscar does feel like more of an exception than most. Um, and that's so, true. Yeah. And that's worth pointing out that, like, you, you know, you're not – I don't know if it was a one-on-one with Ben Roberts. I wasn't there. But there could have been also other reporters having their microphones. And for all Oscar knows, is like, is this somebody that covers the Suns? Is this – you know, yeah. I want to make sure they know that I really want to be in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's a, that's a good counter. So I'm, I'm, I'm at least just kind of like – I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to read too much into the combine stuff other than it is – it is abundantly clear that what once was seen not necessarily as a given, but like I think if it was 60-40 that he was coming back before the combine, maybe it's 60-40 the other way now. 
I, I feel like that's a kind of a fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, happy, happy medium. So yeah, we well, get your um, text into the Thornton's text line. Let let us know what you think. Is Oscar gone? Is he not gone? What's the dealio there? But uh, I, I've I think maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, I would have figured he'd be back, or UK wouldn't have missed on both Hunter Dickinson and Oscar Shibway. But I think you're going to be missing on both those guys. And what do you do? That's a whole conversation for another day. Do you go find a big guy? Do you find a four? To me, you know, for as much as Oscar Shibway said, I'm not transferring from Kentucky if I come back to college, Kobe Brown in these same NBA Combine interviews, he did not say that. He was like, oh, yeah, I don't know where that rumor started. Uh, and he kind of rambled on. And he was like, yeah, but ultimately I'm going to have to do what's best for me. And at no point said, I'm a Missouri Tiger. If I play college basketball, it'll be in Columbia. He did not go that far. Now, I think he's more likely to probably get an NBA promise than Oscar Shibwe is. And he also seems pretty set on being an NBA player. But there's people were tweeting me, if you're looking the perfect Oscar goes, if you got Kobe Brown to come in, I think you're better off. I think you're better off than if Oscar had come back. I think that'd be an amazing addition. But besides that, I don't know. There's going to be some other power forwards. I think you maybe even just go the power forward route. Chris Livingston, I don't expect to be back. But I don't know. That's a, that's a, We could spend a whole hour talking about what UK does, and maybe we save that for Monday and see if there's any news over the weekend. I still expect Keyshad Johnson to commit to UK, and that's going to be a I, nice addition. I totally thought he had already done that. Um, got a little Got a little away from me there. I even wrote current Kentucky Wildcat Keyshawn Johnson in a post. And then I was like, wait, did he, is he committed yet? Nope, nope, nope. You got to change that. <laughs> I think, I think you're just a little ahead of the game. I think you'll be a Wildcat. That will help, right, but right. you still want another body. And then it comes back and it's like, well, another body, I, I would be all right with that. Like if you is going to take that next step that we all expect, then do it. And you should be all right. But you can't help but think that like a Lance Ware, just as somebody that in case there's injuries that you can trust to go out there and defend, he wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But he's going to go to Providence and Damien Collins. He'd be another nice body you could have. Do they, they get finalized? Lance Ware to Providence? He's going to go there. I don't know if it's finalized or not. But Okay. I know he's visiting there, but yeah. Okay. And then what is it? Damien Collins looks like he's going to maybe TCU, I think, is what that's yeah, yeah. have been whispering there. But even either one of those two guys, just from a body standpoint, a depth standpoint, you'd think like, oh, that's what I think UK is probably missing here. However, they wanted to go somewhere else and get more playing time. And in Collins' situation, probably get a little closer to home. Ware's situation, he'll, te- he'll definitely be getting a little closer to home as well. So – it seems like those will not be options, but I still would like one more body in the front court. We'll see how it shakes out. Text around the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Oscar's dream sounds like the plot of Final Destination. Uh, one NCAA tournament win, one death premonition, one shining moment, one more cup of coffee at an under is an underrated Dillington. Um, don't know a lot of Bob Dylan music, so uh, but I would like one more cup of coffee. Maybe one more cup of coffee with Chris. Ooh, coffee with Chris. That'd be a nice little payday. I've got to text. listen to you now. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm still taking Mage to win for what it's worth, but yeah. I would throw coffee with Chris in your exotics. Ah. Oscar's issue in the NBA will be his plus minus. Defensive liability means you can't start him or play huge minutes. Now, defense can be improved, so he has a role if he does that. And I watched a little bit of the combine yesterday. Saw him do his Oscar things. 
He's so easy to he's a fun player to watch just because every single ball that goes up in the air, he is going to have a chance of being able to get the rebounds. It's almost magnetic. But you guys know that. You all watched enough of him at Kentucky to know what I'm talking about. But when he was in Roush, even the opposing teams that probably had a very limited scouting report just got him in pick and roll situations. And there were three that I watched where it was just the same old thing where he gets stuck on a guard and he's not long or big enough to be able to stop that lob pass. So he's got to decide, do I float off and stay with the big? And then you just give the guard the paint and the rim and they can either go up for an easy layup, do a little floater. Or I go out and I stay on the guard and I'm not long or big enough to be able to stop the easy pass to the wide open big that I was previously just covering. And they abused him in that in a short sample size that I saw yesterday. Those are still the same issues he has. And that may even be all the same reason to go to the NBA because like, it's just not going to go away. That's just what you're going to get with Oscar. You're going to get one of the best rebounders and maybe basketball's ever seen. And you're going to get somebody that's a defensive liability. Texter, maybe he so, can get better on that end, but I'm not so sure. I, I don't think he can. But um, also, does it matter? Like, how much? I know that it's different in the playoffs. Um, that's why I enjoyed watching that game so much last night because the defense is good. But, like, if he's some guy coming off the – like, oh, he'll probably just be – be guy off the bench, big. Like, I know Kevon Looney's different because he can play defense and block shots. But, like, during the regular season – he's playing 25 minutes and then that shrinks down to 12 in the playoffs. Like, you know, I I just don't know how much does the defense matter uh, if he's just gobbling up 12 boards in 25 minutes during the regular season. And I know it's like they play defense in the NBA. People lose their minds over that. It's an inaccurate take to say otherwise, but I think it does matter. Roush just because he will be a liability to get scored on every single possession that he's in on defense in the NBA. I mean, that was the case almost in college. What's it going to be when everybody in the NBA is just better and can shoot and knock down shots and pretty much anybody can throw down an alley-oop as well. I think it'll be magnified, but maybe if you get him in the right fit where you get an Anthony Davis-like center that's linked can help him, you let him kind of play the floor a little bit. I, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but you're right. He from a re, You know what you're going to be getting from him on the positive side of things, and that will be good. Yeah, and I the thing, I still some of it's less of like, well, they just play defense, but I do th- – the elite shot making in the NBA is just – Jamal Murray – okay, hold up. Let me, let me press pause. Watching the Denver Nuggets play basketball is a lot of fun. Because the way that, as much as Jokic annoys me because he can like shoot like banking threes from 40 feet, how they kind of work through him with people cutting off of him and his ability to pass, so much fun to watch them play basketball. And the elite shot making, I, I like, is Oscar, would Oscar Sheebay be a liability every time down the floor? Yeah. But some of it also, these guys are so freaking good. Watching Jamal Murray get hot in the fourth quarter. I want to say he had 24 fourth quarter points last night. The only three he missed, it was just, it got blocked by Anthony Davis. He was tired of watching Murray get shots off and just close out hard as hell. But that dude was unconscious. And it also made me think back to as much as like I kind of loved to, to rid the NBA. Uh, the bubble was a, a lifesaver after we were starving for sports. And that series that Murray had against Donovan Mitchell, like that was so much fun because those two were just 
money in the bank, shoddy what you drank. And man, watching Murray get hot again last night, it also makes me think about like, just like, God, what a shame it was. They didn't have Dakari Johnson on that team because Ulysses and Murray really are two, two of the best shot makers we've seen at Kentucky. They get overshadowed some because of their lack of NCAA tournament success in 2016. But holy moly, that was just having that reinforced last night. You're just like, wow. I mean, this, this dude, he just he he's a flamethrower right now. He's NBA Jam on fire, and nobody can stop him except one time by Anthony Davis. <laughs> Jokic yesterday said he won us the game, and hard to argue with that. He easily the most accurate or correct I've ever been in any like analysis or scouting. I said the second I saw that guy, like he is a star. He's going to be so good. And when he came to UK, I was so excited because I knew he was going to be great. He was at UK. He's just an awesome basketball player. And he's so Tyler Eulis always gets the credit for being a smart basketball player. And he is, but Jamal Murray is incredibly smart on the court and where to be and what to do. And he's even sick right now too. He's, he's got like a sinus infection that's been ongoing where he's just not even practicing and he mm-hmm. still goes out in the games and just dominates it. He's incredible. It also, like it, the, the nuggets did that. I mean, they needed him to get unconscious because the Lakers were winning most of, like almost the entire game. Uh, this and, and they had a chance, too. They got it down to two, I think, with 50 seconds left, I want to say, before Murray kind of iced the game out with free throws. And, hell, LeBron missed the layup that would have made it a one-possession game with, like, a minute to go. So the Lakers are at least, like, e- even though the Nuggets are kind of on another level, um, the this is going to – this this feels like it's going to be a fun series if the Lakers can just close close out a game. Like, I, they're, they're right there. They, they're able to hang with the Nuggets. Um, they got to close out some of these in LA. Uh, it ultimately does feel like the Nuggets are just the best team in the NBA right now. Like they're really, they're really firing. We'll get the Heat and Celtics tonight. A texter says the real TV show we need is Scoots and Trevor living together. That would be good. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do you it. You don't want to have seven animals in I, your house. I, I, I just yeah. couldn't do it. I could not live with Trevor. No shot. We could, I, could, I could be like I got a little detail for the listeners that may want to get inside Scoot's brain here. I, I could be like neighbors with Trevor, but yeah, no, the animals, the cigarettes, the everything else that comes with Trevor. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Sorry, Trevor. You'll need to find another roommate. We need to take another commercial break. We got one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on Big Exports Radio 96. And all party goers, some call me P and other slow flower. Brothers on my job for the way I hold a piece of steel. So what you saying? Obsessed with your desires, Danny. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, a flute with no holes is not a flute. And a donut with no hole. It's a Danish. He's a funny guy. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. What's the problem? Welcome back. One final segment Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Radio. And it's weekend time, baby. Well, maybe after a day of work. But you get the idea. 
appreciate you listening. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Stop by Salsaritas this weekend for a delicious Mexican grill, fresh cooked every day. They do catering as well. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive-thru out there on Shelbyville Road. St. Matthew's, no drive-thru. The really easy in and out, beautiful covered patio, the best blue Powerade on the planet, wildly addicted chips, hot, spicy salsa. Get hungry at Salsaritas. Text line is 502-414-1450. Is it like a holiday or something for normal folk? No. Today? I mean, we, we've literally had... We got our one text at 716, and then we just got another one at 835. That's been our only two in-show texts today. That's incredible. Wow, thanks for really... Talking about how cool we are. Well, I'm, I'm calling the texters out because normally we've got like 30 or 40 at this point during show. Just unacceptable. Some days the texters don't bring it. Today's one of them. Wow. Really, really coming for the texters, which uh, feels a little out of place. I'm not going to insult our texters. We love them. Um, DJ, you're going to love what's, what's, what's on the plans for this weekend. You're going to have some fun? Golfing today, which I'm excited about. And then besides that, really don't think I have a ton planned. Oh, Sister-in-law's man. birthday on Sunday. That'll be a good time. Shout out yeah. to Caroline. Um, nice little Sunday fun day. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've got a diaper party, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Excited for that. And um, having a little play date today with the boys and uh, old, old pal from college ran into uh, recently. So uh, hope everyone enjoys their weekend. Hopefully meteorologist Scooter Dingus did not – become a big jinxy cat and ruin the weather for us but uh enjoy those spring weekends while you can before it gets too hot for summer i know some people are opening pools too tj and that just man that does not sound like fun like it's fun to swim in other people's pools i can't imagine like opening it up and doing all that work yeah well i don't think it's that bad Hmm. I think, so figure, I think people figure it out, but you're right. Better to have a friend with a pool than have to take care and worry about that stuff yourself. Although Scooch yeah, wants you to know yeah. that we're not popular and we don't have any text into our show, we do have a ton of text into our show. Oh, uh, we do. Yeah. Tons from, 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 yeah, past from yesterday yeah. that we need to get to. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, Hey, fellas, Casey from Louisville here. Casey, you got to be more specific about what part of Louisville you're from. Louisville, I'm city. going golfing for the first time in years with some buddies, and I was wondering what scoring style is most fun. Should we do an individual or teams of two, scramble style? Also, why are athletic polos so damn thin? My nips are trying to poke through this shirt. What is this, two-ply? <laughs> <laughs> Casey, that's a great text. Um, love it. My friends and I, we made up a game, and the – Oh, now I forget what the name of the game was, but it was basically a combination of a bunch of different type of golf games. And the reason we play it is because none of us were very good. We just kind of wanted to go out there, have some sort of competitive game, but this was a fun way. But yeah, just do scramble worst case. Two, two man scramble is a good way to go about it because uh, you're, you're at least competing against the other team. And then, um, and if you want, even want to make it just like two man scramble, like match play per hole, that might be even the most fun where you're just like every single hole you start anew, whoever wins the most holes wins it. And then, um, yeah, if you know, a bad shot or a bad couple shots doesn't just completely wreck your day. The name of the game we made up was called scab. The first hole was a scramble. So you and your teammate just play it like a scramble. The second score 
the second hole, you'd play combined score. So you play your own ball, you and your partner score, you combine it together, did it beat the other two people. The third hole would be alternate shots. So like your buddy would tee off, you'd hit the second shot, so on and so forth. And then the fourth hole was best ball. So you play your own ball, just whatever team had the better of the two scores, whatever teammate had the better of the two scores was your team score. And then you'd rotate it again. So, you know, you do it for nine holes, scab, scab it again. And then on the ninth hole, it was just match play. You versus somebody else on the other team, somebody else versus you on the other team. We had a lot of fun. We had some really competitive games doing all that. Uh, if you're trying to keep your own score, though, you definitely cannot play that game. But Casey doesn't sound like you care about that. A texture says, more Nolan jokes, more Nolan jokes. This is a chant. What's Nolan? Absolutely unreal that Skang was not recruiting Cutter Bowley at all. So good to have Cohen back. Yeah, it's worth remembering when people are, he was guaranteed to go to UK. It's not necessarily true. He wasn't going to go there if Skang was still there. Now, the thing is, Skang wasn't going to, the writing was on the wall. And I don't think it was necessarily Cohen or Bust for Cutter Bowley at UK, but it definitely was Skang. I ain't going there. Yeah, and I don't know if it was he wasn't recruiting him, but I, there was just a disconnect there. Yeah. That, yeah. He wasn't going to play for him. That's, I mean, you no. just leave it at that, really. Yeah. Uh, Scooch calling him Gil without knowing the context is so damn fun. I did uh, let him. So we, I actually brought this up to him last night. And I was like, hey, so your new name is Gil now for the radio, just so you know. And I was like, I don't know the context behind it. And he was like, oh, okay. So he looked into it. He looks at me and he goes, you know, they're basically just calling us gay, right? And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. You know what you oh, are. I know what I am. So there, No, Gil and Oscar are roommates. What goes on there is nobody else's business. <laughs> I, don't think, I, I don't think that's what's being implied. Gil's just a funny name. It is. A funny I've never one. agreed with Roush Moore, but days are proof that God loves us. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> proof that God loves us. That's hilarious. All right. I've got to run to an appraisal appointment. I'll, I'll, I'll read these two texts just because they're about me. Uh, still bringing up the COVID mask stuff, I see, TJ. You having a hard time letting that go. Where did that come from? Hey, everybody that cried, you told on yourself, people that cried about that tweet. It's a joke. Andy Bashir had his portrait done. I think whoever painted it did an amazing job. I'm not sure why he seems to be in the basement of a dungeon. But, and also, didn't you, don't the portraits get done after you, you're out of office? But neither here nor there. I don't uh, care. I feel like it, it yeah, that, that's how it rolls. Is it's like the end of your first term, just is that what it is? Don't get reelected, yeah, because uh, yeah, it's, I it was when I'm pretty sure that was what happened with Obama. Like, I, I remember that unveiling it like while they were kind of on their way out, but they were still in the White House, yeah, but that was his second term, was it his second term? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, maybe they just want to check oh. their boxes before, you know, just in case. Yeah. Um, it's also it, just weird seeing a portrait of like casual Andy in his like white blue shirt. I think uh, it's like that artist is amazing. It, it really is just like a really well done because it looks almost just relatively real. Like a photo. That's the sound of a. But uh, yes, made a joke. A lot of people told on themselves, you're not allowed to make fun of, <laughs> not allowed to make fun of Andy Bashia. Oh, and with the COVID stuff, well, we had three years of people telling you you were killing your grandparents if you didn't wear a mask. I get three years to make fun of. So I'll be done in 2026 is I think that's the pandemic just ended this year. They said officially they ended the the, the 
the official emergency. So I'll get three years to keep bringing it up and then I'll be done with it. Uh, but goodness gracious, a lot of folks told on themselves for one, not having a sense of humor and two, just being total and complete babies on that. I'll end the show. Everybody have a good weekend. Um, Roush and Scooch, you got a great text line to get to oh, a lot man. of texts to get to, I, and I I'll, be, I'll be listening on the way to my appointment. How many people got mad about like your dumb joke? <laughs> oh my heavens. It, was it wasn't. So- it's a, it's it's a, it's just a fine like dumb joke. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even not, like, it wasn't even, not even that good, great. not great, but like just like an easy low hanging fruit. But oh, that's good. Thanks. All right, you all have a great weekend. Fun stuff as always. I'll be listening. Roll call. Hey man, hey man. Out the for the sports talker TJ Walker. Uh, one text says, "Do you want to play golf this weekend or next?" Um, man, uh, I, I wish I could play golf this weekend or next weekend. You think that I'm was sure I'll you? be able to? think that was for you sure who that was <laughs> maybe maybe uh scoots is sounding more and more like the girlfriend in the house passively aggressively doing stuff scoots sounds like a moody roommate instead of talking to the person he lives with he's shamed him on a radio show <laughs> lol netflix needs to pick this one up can't get through to him talking to him so i gotta shame him on the radio it's the only only way to do it i i do think it's very funny like the just they're like, yeah, well, normally I just leave the lawnmower out and kind of like <laughs> nudge him in the right direction. Uh, By the way, I have to go home and mow my front yard today. So that's cool. <laughs> was, wasn't long enough for old Gil. Oh, man. Uh, I think there's some confusion. On, oh, wait, we read that one earlier in the show. For the texter who asked about seasickness, the cure all is to drink honey. It thickens the stomach acid in your stomach. And within minutes, it's gone. I've done it multiple times, and also other people have done it and worked well for them. Hope this helps. Also, honey's just good. I feel like, Scoots, that's a, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say condiment, but yeah, it's kind of a condiment that has gone by the wayside or has just not been talked about as much as it should be. A good honey on a biscuit is delicious. I wonder if that helps for other type of sicknesses. Like if you've just got an upset tummy, the case of the rumbly tums. Honey work for that, or is it just seasickness? Really interesting. Uh, well, I think the the key here is they use it as a coating. So they said it thickens the stomach acid. So like for kids, um, before they can reach a certain age and like start taking cough medicine, they basically just give them honey that's like mixed in maybe with bitters or something else. But like honey's used as a cough syrup. Uh, and also if you buy local honey, uh, it's supposed to help with your allergies because they pollinate from, you know, the flowers in your area. So na- nature's nature's medicine. Shout out to honey. We love you, honey. Shout out, honey. Um, John here. Good morning and happy TGIF, everyone. Wow, LeBron turned into water boy. As the fans soaked him with a drink after Jokic pushed him to the floor. And Murray goes for 23 in the fourth. Pretty darn good series so far. We're the crew's big plans this weekend. I have some trees to trim and yard work. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. Um, I, I hope the Celtics heat uh, gets a, may, it turns into a good series as well, John. We talked about it earlier, but I I really am in, enjoying the the Lakers Nuggets back and forth. Just need uh, needed uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron to play better. Uh, it is kind of crazy, though, that it was that close of a game and AD and LeBron seemingly played horribly 
That's, uh, until coming alive in the fourth quarter. It's almost as crazy as John sending that text at 3.41 a.m. John, what are you doing up at 3.41 a.m.? That's insane. Early to bed, early to rise. Maybe. The, um, yeah, I don't know. That 3.41, that's that's very early. That's <laughs> it's very early. Um, uh, Texter says, a, per- a prisoner is currently fleeing from the cops and has kidnapped two citizens to have them drive the prisoner. Scary stuff. Hopefully... Slow life loser gets caught. As of 10 p.m., the guy's still on the run. Personally, I truthfully don't even know if escaping prison would be worth it. Looking over your shoulder 24-7 the rest of your life would be mentally brutal. Like, for uh, real. Did So, Scoots, did you see this story? No, I, I briefly saw it in passing. So, where is the prisoner? Where did he escape from? So, they were transporting him on I-71, mm-hmm. and he kicked out. The windshield. I think he was like Oldham County Sheriff's transport. So he kicks out the back window, jumps out of the car, and is like running across I-71 to get loose. Um, and yes, they used the LMPD used the term kidnapping to basically hold people hostage and drive them. I want to say down River Road. So as the last I saw, he is still on the lam, and I. He 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 was only in for like gun charges and being on probation. So these charges for fleeting and evading once he gets caught will double or triple whatever he was originally in jail for. So Louis it doesn't Christ. feel like the risk is ever worth the reward for fleeting and evading. Um, well, and then the the point that was brought up too by the texter, which if I had to guess, Plumley bro here, um, it, it really wouldn't be worth looking over your shoulder 24-7. I mean, I watch a lot of these type of shows on TV like, just people running from the law, and it's it's you, not a good watch, way to did live. You watch Prison Break? Uh, maybe. When was that? Yeah, was that was recent? Like, no, that was like 2010s ish, 2009. It was like right around the same time as 24. Apparently, that was really good there for a while. Is that a drama? But, uh, yeah, it was a Fox drama. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So I watch like the more like the real stuff, like um, on Netflix. I'll watch like Escape from Alcatraz and stuff like that. Just really interesting. But, yeah, I would not want to live that lifestyle always looking over your shoulder. Well, and, and my thing is, like, I'm kind of with you, but it's also only worth it if you're in for, like, some serious heavy time. Right. And, yeah, that too. You know, like, if you're trying to just, like, flee the country and start a new life. But, like, this guy, he would have just been in for a few years and been back to living. And I know, like, that's easier said than done. Uh, to just be like, oh, it was only two years. Like two years is still a long time, but you still aren't. <laughs> you know, you can you can go on with your life later. Like this dude's fleeting and evading charges are not, and and he's going to get charged for like the for kidnapping too as well. So he, he went from two years to probably the rest of 20. his life. Yeah, at least at least twenty. Um, I would think that and. Also, how long can you actually get by with? I, I I'm fascinated by um, by like the fact that he's still uh, on the loose because it feels like we do get a couple of these, but they're always caught within like 24 hours. So uh, the fact that he's still loose is I don't want to say impressive because I don't want to encourage the behavior, but like <laughs> yeah, normally normally they're snatched up quickly. Has it been 24 hours? I thought this happened Not last quite. night. Yeah, it was, it was yesterday afternoon at like 1 o'clock or something. Gotcha. So o- almost 24 hours, but still. Pretty crazy. 
One texter says, fluff your balls in the rough. Come on, guys. Keep it professional. There's kids listening. <laughs> Grow up. So, Scoots, I'm firmly on the, um, like, I, I'm always going to be a fluffer. But also, like, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm as good as you think you are. So, you know. Let's see, I, I'm only fluffing maybe 20% of the time. That's a lot. That's a it depends on the lie. I mean, if it's a crappy lie, I'm not a professional golfer. I'm going to, I'm going to fluff it. Yeah. I think to TJ's point though, if you want to be, if you want to be this good golfer you, and you're golfing all the time then you got to do it. If I, fluff. if I want to be a good golfer, I've got to get some lessons is what I need to do because my swing's not consistent enough. It's not, it has nothing to do with the way my ball lies or fluffing my ball or anything. I've just, I don't have a consistent swing. I, and so if I were to get three, four, five lessons, man. I could be pretty dang good. Well, then go get them. Get it done. It's expensive. Not Is cheap. It? Yeah, it's not cheap. Huh. I think you can make it work. Maybe. <laughs> Texter on the text line, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 says, Trevor and Scoot's the new odd couple. <laughs> no thanks. You're, I'm out. You ever watch any of those old movies? Really what? funny. Fairly odd couple, fairly odd parents. It's all I no, can think the of. odd couple. No, I don't. I don't know what that is. It's uh, Walter Matthau and um, gosh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, why'd I go Dusty May? <laughs> uh, but they're they're the they're the same people who did Grumpy Old Men. Did you ever watch Grumpy Old Men or Grumpy Earl Old Men? I don't think so. No. It's um, they're very funny. Uh, very funny movies. It's uh, gosh, what is that name's? Jack Lemon, yeah. The, so the odd, it was like a movie in the '60s where you know you got one guy who's like type A, clean, and one's grump, and he's all dirty. But they're very funny, even for old movies. So Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon, they're treasures, absolute treasures. Mm. Check them out. Um, if you're not checking out the links weekend suits, and if you do, you should use the Big Exports Radio golf card, right? I'm checking it out today. Going to Wooded View, baby. Yeah, see, that's on there. Value is on there. Christmas Lake and Santa Claus, Park Mammoth. Um, it's a great value. Uh, you'd be paying 40, 50, 60 bucks at some of these places. But with the big X Sports Radio Golf Court, gosh, talk, Roush. <laughs> it's less than 25 bucks around. BigXSportsRadio.com for more details and find out where you can get them there. Limited, limited, limited. So check them out before they're all gone. Kirby says, sorry, bros, for not texting. Two things. LeBron looks cooked late in games, but can't blame him. He did look kind of old last night and tired. Just a little little out of shape. Two, got into a heated debate. Buddy said John Morant was a generational talent. I'd say, and I was saying I'd take Fox and, or Shea over him to start a team, and it got heated real quick. It feels like a good debate, though, like a fun summer debate because you could make valid arguments for all three. I would, I'll tell you what, I would definitely take Maxi over Morant. If you're taking Maxi over Morant, then I'm taking Fox and Shea over him. I feel like they're better than Maxi. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree with that. But Maxi's just younger. He's got more time left. And I really like his game. Love watching that kid play. Yeah, I think I think you got some good points, Kirby. Like, sure, they can chirp back, but you, you, these are pretty. Um, the, the, these are pretty 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 comparable, if I do say so myself. And uh, when you're dealing with Shay and Fox, like Shay's like a fashion model and Fox is like a dad who plays video games. Ja is 
flashing guns on Instagram live. Like there's a lot less, uh, from an investment purpose, like, uh, there's reason to believe that you're just going to be dealing with headaches with jaw in the foreseeable future. So well, I, I like your point you made Kirby, tell your friend, the radio show said he was wrong. Another text says, TJ, great harmless joke about Andy on Twitter. Soft-ass Legion of Lance can suck it. I don't know what the Legion of Lance is. Um, I'm just not, I'm just over getting worked up over COVID. I'm not going to make COVID jokes, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm over it. TJ Nick, I love how a certain show producer who won admittedly drinks on his other job. Two, is outperformed by the other station producer who is a stoner and a fast food junkie. And three, can't muster up the courage to ask a cute girl out of Churchill Downs, calls the texters out. For not bringing it, LOL. What audacity! Well, it worked. We we got several texts after <laughs> I called you out, so mission accomplished. And I would hardly say, no, okay, you can maybe say Trevor outperforms me just because of the sheer amount of work that he has to do. I don't rarely, or I rarely drink at my other job, but if you worked at a hotel, you would want to drink too. And I'll have more opportunities to ask cute girls out, so I'm not worried. Oh, there's always next time. Always next time. Uh, let's wrap up with a couple John texts. John here. Justin, you all are never alone. We all hear you. And sometimes we have some words. I was up at 2.30, so I sent the text in then. However, you all would have already answered, so I have a new question. Tell me, who would win an eating contest? The food would be pizza, 10-minute time limit. Got to go. Talk to you later. Oh, not me. I, I think I could throw down some pizzas pretty quick, especially be, thin. Be between you John and here. One more time for the day. Justin, let's say I was doing something with a wife that you would not do with your roommate, I think. So up late, now up early because I... Wow! John! 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 What a way to end the week! (laughs) On a Thursday! That's hilarious. Starting the weekend (laughs) off with a bang. Well, enjoy watching the PGA, the Preakness. I'm going to have some money on Red Route 1. um, And have a nice weekend. Hopefully, Scoot's... Did his anti-rain dance and kept the bad weather away. Enjoy it. For TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, I'm Nick Roush. This has been Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X. Roll Call. Roll Call.